turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. You know, we talk a lot on this show about getting involved in our local communities, and today we're talking with a Biblical Citizen who is doing just that. Our guest is Jennifer Wiersma. She's board clerk and member of the Temecula Valley United School Board. She was first elected last November 2022. Jen is a community development and event specialist. She's been married for over 25 years. She's a mom to three young adults who all have attended Temecula schools. And as a recovered cancer warrior, she says, determined to live life joyfully She loves hitting the beach, line dancing, serving in her church, and taking workout classes. And I got to add, it says she's always up for information and a rich cup of Nespresso, which I think she may just be finishing now. One more thing. (laughs) Jen says, believing in the goodness of faith, family, and freedom, she's honored to serve as an advocate for parental rights and an excellent education for all Temecula Valley students. Welcome, Jen. Hello there. Thank you for having me and for that introduction. I'm excited to be chatting with you. This is really going to be interesting. We were so impressed when we met you at our church at our parental rights workshop, and you told a little told a little of your story, why you wanted to step up. You felt the need. You felt the call. And so, you know, review that a little bit for our listeners. I definitely felt the call looking at what happened through COVID and seeing throughout the schools parents being deflected, especially here in the state of California. I became concerned as my children came home and I looked at what was going on. And I've always believed in the power of local control and citizens speaking into what they're concerned about. That is where so much of the emphasis should be in government these days. And, you know, I grew up in a home where I watched my mom campaign for Ronald Reagan and my dad ran for the water district. And so I always knew that that someday I would want to be in a position where I could speak into influencing the community and be involved. But I needed to wait until the timing was right. And now that my kids are older, they've gone through the schools, I've seen what what went on that was wonderful, where we can improve. And I think during COVID and fighting cancer and going through chemo, I just prayed about the opportunity for God to open the door where I could step up and lead and do something wonderful for the kids and families in our community who need to be protected and look at all of the cultural changes and want a voice. 
they want to be heard. And so that brought me to the table in running for the school board. Excellent. And that is true. And we emphasize a lot that we have more control over what happens locally, just like we have more control over ourselves rather than other people. We also have more control locally than what happens far away you know, in either state or lo- or federal government. So, so I want to review. Really commend you for that. Yep, absolutely. Thank and you. I believe was this was was this the first time you ran for public office, Jen? It was the very first time. That's what I thought. It was, <laughs> it was taking in things with a fire hose. Um, the one thing that was so important to me was to go door to door and meet the people. And I probably campaigned for six to eight months along with uh, colleagues who felt very much the same about what was going on. And door after door after door, it was meeting people, regardless of their religious affiliation, political party, the color of their skin. None of that mattered to me. Whoever is here in this community, I welcome a conversation with. And so that is how I kind of developed how I moved through the process, was hearing the people and seeing where the commonality was. And so it was really a wonderful experience. Well, that's great. And so now it's been about a year. So now it's November, obviously, 2023. And some people are trying to recall you from office. I think it's probably related to a lot of the great things you've been doing. We've seen some of this agitation we'll probably mention later going on also in Escondido. But what's going on with this uh, attempted recall of you and I believe maybe a couple other folks? Well, it's definitely been a turbulent year. And I think it's because whenever you bring change to the world of education, where we have such strong influence with the union and other groups, there's resistance. And I've kind of looked at Temecula as being a place for ground zero with some of the things that people have been concerned about in the last several years. So I don't think people want change. They don't necessarily want accountability. And we've looked at doing some things outside the box. It's been an anomaly and definitely a tough process. But we, myself, I wanted to do exactly what I promised parents, which was to get back to the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. Let's take out the political divisive issues that come up and have a neutral classroom. That's what I think we all agreed on. And so when we looked at policy changes, whether it was parental rights or banning critical race theory or coming to the table and saying, let's just fly the American and the California flag on our campuses. Those are the least divisive, the most inclusive. We need to do things where every student is comfortable and can come and receive a stellar education in a bully-free environment. But we all know there are groups of people that have an agenda. And I would say there were groups that woke up and just felt like, you were their number one target to protest and the progressive values that they want to see have come to a halt in the sense that we want to neutralize that. And if they want to continue on, they know that we're standing in the gap. A school board does have a lot of power in the decision making. And I think in being over the target, they, they want to stop us. They don't want us to be seen as credible or competent. And again, as you challenge the system, you're just going to fight that resistance. So it's, it's been tough, but 
we're continuing to do what we said we were going to do. And the recall, yes, they have another couple of weeks to try to gather signatures. Recalls are very difficult to do. But there are large groups going door to door telling people whatever they need to hear for them to sign so that they question our judgment and what we're doing. And I hope to see our names on the ballot in the spring. Are they going to get there? I don't know. We're doing our best to speak truth. That's where you going door to door so they know you and they know your positions. They know what you stand for. They know you personally. You've already been to those doors, I hope, a lot of those. I mean, you got a district, you got to cover them all, but you've done your homework too. And so I just hope you prevail. And we noticed the same kind of thing when we elected a new member of our high school board in Escondido that has our values, our conservative values. And so we just attended the meeting where they made a lot of false accusations against him, the the union leader. They said, you know, all he did was ask what books were in the library and they had a real problem with that. And I just thought, wow, they're going against him for just asking questions. It's their territorial turf that he's invading. And that's the problem. This, the antagonism you know. of this union leader at the, and then this was only a couple nights ago, the antagonism of this leader. He was saying, again, this school board member, all he did was approach an employee of the school district and ask about certain books being in the public library. And charges came against him, at least according to this union leader, that he was engaging in harassment, that he was that he was using his white male power superiority to intimidate, and on and, and on. He's and he's the nicest gentleman. He's a, and he's a, a nicest husband, father. father. Everybody knows him as just such a kind person. And he, he was he and he that. was smiling. He kept yeah, his he composure. Kept, <laughs> but they yeah. didn't they didn't let him talk. At least not while we were there. It was, they it they was didn't give like, him a chance to give his side of it. Nope. So anyway, well, that was what. All, but the tactics are all the same everywhere. And I think the reason why we've been viewed as such a threat and there's been so much turbulence is because the three of us that were all independent, and I say three out of five who are new, who have only served for a year, we are like-minded. And that can be a majority vote. And that is a lot more intimidating to these groups. And so the pushback has been that much stronger. So and I see you. It's, we, also talked to, we also talked to this uh, man from, his name is, let's see, I don't remember his name, but his group is called Dad's Army. And he goes to different school districts and and observes and speaks and he said the same thing that they use the same tactics when they want their territory to be he's, he's from el cajon you know, he said it's the same in el cajon it's the same in san diego just just what teachers you're saying union. So, uh, do you think we're uh, it sounds like we are making some progress in in diffusing some of the power they have we are making progress and the, the way that we continue to move forward is when the community comes together School board members together collectively as they make decisions are of great influence, but really it needs to extend into the community. When people come to school board meetings, when they're involved on committees, when they volunteer at the schools, when they step up and get involved, we become stronger. And that's one thing I've really tried to communicate to like-minded people, uh, folks who go to church out here. We have so many wonderful pastors and groups that are concerned about kids, but we really haven't been involved in 
school board decisions like we've needed to, which is why we've ended up here. We've let the unions and uh, more progressive activist groups take the system where they want to go. And I think now parents are realizing, oh, we do need to get involved. We do need to run for office. We need to support people who are there, show up, write letters, advocate best we can, and pray consistently for people who are taking the hits. Because I can tell you, my family's had to, to sacrifice this year um, because they will go after the kids, the husband, the job. I, I ended up losing a, a job as a result of some of the tumultuous activity and, and, and not because of my performance. You know, there's there's been sacrifice along the way, and people don't often see that. So, yes, I think we're making progress, but we've got to continue to be inspired to move forward together. We need more candidates to run in 2024 for open seats because that's what parents need to see and hear to be encouraged and for there to be a variety of voices in the public square. For too long, it's been dominated by groups that don't represent my values as a Christian and we should be able to love others, stand for truth, and make some good changes. I'm not going to give up, even in California, when things seem bleak. And so many people have moved out of state. We've got a bloom where we're planted. And I told my husband, hey, if you're not called to one of these states that people are moving to, I'm running for school board because I need to do what I can to try to make change and to advocate for this community I've lived in for almost 20 years and that I love. And so you are such awesome. a good example. Of, we we of could not that. agree more. Yeah. We totally yeah. agree, both for you and for ourselves and for others bloom where we're planted this is where and god get involved this is where so, god yeah. wants us until he tells me to board an ark or something like that but right right now the, the, the word i'm getting is stay and bloom where i'm planted i i agree with you so this meeting that uh, kathleen and i referred to in escondido the topic was parental notification and gosh uh not requiring teachers to say to use one set of pronouns and names with the parents and a different with the student and blatantly lie frankly to the parents what's what is the status of parental notification in Temecula so with parental notification we passed that because we don't believe there should be secrets right from the parents between the schools and the parents there sh- there should not be secrets and we just wanted to make sure that if a student changes their pronoun or their or their bathroom, their their locker room, if they want to change their name, that there's that communication there so that parents are in the know. I, obviously, it's crazy to me that this is even something that's controversial. Right. The Constitution says, the 14th Amendment, parents are the caregivers. We love our kids the most. We've got to be there to defend and protect and, and all of those things. And so we did that because we respect the way that relationship should be and and know if there's certain circumstances that put a child at risk. There are safeguards in place to be sure that, that we're advocating for them accordingly. Where it's at in our district right now is is a tough one to answer because we did pass the policy, but I don't know if trainings have gone into effect or what all of the communication has been from the district office down. There's been... A change of leadership. We recently went through an interview process to find a new superintendent. If all goes well, we believe we have found our man in Dr. Gary Woods. And I believe when he steps in, should he pass the background check, which of course he should with flying colors and all the things, I believe he'll come in and he'll help align 
us and the district with where we need to go. We've passed so many new policies in the last year. I think in some ways it's been overwhelming. So now we need to recalibrate and look at where are we at? How are things being carried out throughout the district? Has there been training? Is there understanding and communication? And quite frankly, um, I have prayed for the right person to come to the helm because we need that. So I'm confident in the next couple of months, we'll meet that out and see exactly how we need to communicate to be sure that this is happening. Because I can tell you at this point, I don't know what's been communicated other than people know what we did in that board meeting and and that that's where we're going to stand. I don't know about the minutiae yet. So with Dr. Woods, I'm looking forward to being sure that the promise is kept for our families and that we find the right way to carry out the policy. What about the state of California, though? Isn't Bonta, the attorney general, coming back at you for passing this parental notification? or, or and, at, at, and at Chino Hills and some other districts. At least that's what it seems like. Right. It's definitely gone to the courts, and uh, there's been a slapdown of sorts, which was predicted. I know with Sonia Shaw, the president in Chino Hills, she's been battling. Um, we've got a great organization representing the cause right now. We figured it would, it would move through the system. Maybe it will end up in the Supreme Court. Ultimately, we're not sure. My understanding is that we should be able to still move forward as a district and be able to stand where we made that decision within the meeting. But again, we're, we're waiting for the right leadership to meet that out so that we can determine together where we stand. So we need to continue before the end of the year to figure out those updates, how it affects us and what we can and can't do. But my understanding is they're going to continue to fight this. And if we pass the resolution and policy, we should be able still to do what we said we were going to do. Um, the, ca- the state of California has been tough. They, they have really cracked down across the board on school boards, kind of stepped out of their jurisdiction, yes. in right. my opinion, right. asserted themselves where they should not be. Exactly. We have so many problems, right, throughout the state that should be addressed, and that's why local government is here. So I'm sure you'll be asking about AB 1078, but it was definitely an affront to local control. But so many times I feel like there's more teeth than actual anchored uh, information behind that that people have to understand. We cannot be threatened by the state. We want no. to follow the law, right? Yes. We want to do that. However, um, there's often more give if, if you read into the bills and so forth in understanding truly what is still there and what is not. So AB 1078 confused a lot of people. And uh, again, with new leadership, I know we're going to be able to carry out what our families and community needs and still follow the law and do what we need to do. And we think that if it does go to the Supreme Court, it will be struck down because California has just yes. gotten out of control. They have that policy that oh, yeah. says you that parent teachers can't tell parents about an identity change. I mean, it's a big deal to go by a different name and to to go by a different pronoun. It almost always leads like 90 to 100% into being seduced into getting those medical surgeries, which are irreversible. Parents and, and yet, need to be involved in that. Right. And yet parents need that's to right. be informed if their child is given Motrin or aspirin. So, But, but yeah. since, Jen, since you brought yeah. it up, AB 1078, I believe, relates to school districts having control over which books, which textbooks or other books, are in their schools and in their libraries. 
And this is an attempt to centralize all this decision-making, as you say, at the state level. But a lot of times these things are more, I don't know if it's relative to AB 1078, maybe you can illuminate on that, but we've noticed that a lot of times what the other side, so to speak, says are laws are not really laws at all. And they, yeah, even, the even during COVID, that the Department of Ed comes up with during COVID, yeah. they said, "Well, this is the law." And now, right. when when they see what damage those COVID lockdowns did to school students, they say, "Well, that was never a law. That was just voluntary. That was just guidance." So it's a lot of dancing around, <laughs> a lot of dancing around going on. Uh, anything well, else you can say about ten seventy eight? I mean, where do you where do you view your role now in light of that? So with AB 1078, for those that don't know, it came about as a result of having a discussion in the boardroom about social studies curriculum. We discussed that curriculum, first of all, because we wanted to be sure we had the most robust history that we could give our students. If you look at national surveys on what our eighth graders know, for example, about U.S. history, it's dismal compared to what they knew years ago. And so my concern was having an outstanding curriculum. It was also that we were sure to prioritize um, having the right topics in the appropriate age level classroom. So for example, I, I, I know there's a concern in the community about talking with third and fourth graders about things that open the door to sexual discussions or preferences in that area. And so there were things that came up along the way. It was never about book banning. It was never about discrimination, which is what Corey Jackson, one of our assemblymen uh, from Riverside, was asserting. So he took that up to Sacramento and said, hey, these people are discriminating and, and, and don't want to talk about these different people groups. And that was never the case. It was, it was much more of a well-rounded conversation that no one bothered to call us about, right? And so that came up, the state came down, and it was them being concerned that we were going to leave out certain people groups, whether um, they were gay or queer, And so this came about to be sure that we were covering all the people groups, to which I say, all right, if in third grade we talk about Sally Ride, who happens to be a lesbian, and I didn't know that, but but we know her for being an astronaut and all the success that she achieved. Let's talk about her. We don't need to talk about those types of conversations eight- and nine-year-olds aren't ready for. Um, I'm fine with that, but... What they did is they came down with this law, and then it intimidated a lot of people into thinking, nope, we have to move ahead with with whatever these books want to present in terms of curriculum. And at the end of the day, that's not really true. There is still a decision within a majority board to be sure that things are age-appropriate and that we're doing the right things in our classrooms. Obviously, we don't want to discriminate, and that means so many different things. People with disabilities, we we don't want to discriminate against religious figures, and that happens a lot. Right. We need to include these groups at age-appropriate levels. That's what we were fighting for. AB 1078, there's another level of bureaucracy that can go on, whether it's a county superintendent or a state-level complaint, and that's all well and fine. But what people need to know is there's still a law that prohibits obscene material federally sexually explicit material should not be allowed no we don't want to eliminate 
um, certain lifestyles or socioeconomic backgrounds or, 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 or we're going to cover all of that, but we're going to do it carefully recognizing the law in other areas and simply put, we're going to protect these elementary school kids. That's what people asked for. They don't want to see gender confusion, sexual issues of any kind. They don't want to see the divisive, controversial propaganda that they've seen in other districts. Yeah. They want them to do reading, writing, math, cursive, art, music. So 801078, yes, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but not all is lost. Good people on school boards can still make good decisions. So I don't want that to discourage people. Oh, it makes Excellent. all the difference. It's our children. It's our future. And you know, folks, whether you have kids or grandkids in the public schools or not, it really doesn't matter as far as the need to get involved with your local school boards because this is all of ours future. So, And we need to be focusing on test scores and shop class and vocational training and academic achievement and and that type of thing, not these ideological battle, battles that they want to you know insert into the elementary schools even by the way by the way jen totally agree some some public schools have brought back shop class and cooking classes and what i would call vocational training with the idea that gosh not every single student has to go to college i mean um just in a few seconds you want to address that and then any other parting comments we have maybe 20 or 30 seconds Yes, I am a strong believer in CTE programs. My middle kiddo uh, got that emphasis on a medical track with kinesiology. And now at 20, he's a functioning EMT working in the county as a first responder and giving back. Yes. So he gave him that and then he went on and got that particular emphasis and is now giving to the community. So absolutely, I'm a big believer in schools developing that for students. Thanks so much, Jen. We will want to have you again as we follow this whole story. It's exciting. Thank you. Check out Jen for TVUSC. That's my website. Thank you. Excellent. To bless your neighbor, please get involved in your local school district, whether or not your own kids or grandkids are attending them. Volunteer or attend local monthly school board meetings. Speak out for biblical values. Vote intelligently for school board candidates. And we'll see you next week. Let's roll. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen.